2: I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a <laughs> question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody
3: and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program.
1: Good morning, Tom. How you
3: doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is uh, returning to the show with a new project. He is a an alum of both Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. Um, he uh, did one of my favorite sketches on uh, Saturday Night Live, um, the Drunk Girl. But um, he's got a new show that's going to be a little bit different than uh, what you're used to seeing. It's going to be a talk show, but Jeff Richards, the host, it's called the Jeff Richards Show, uh, will mysteriously not be able to show up and has to insert celebrity replacement guest hosts. And this is where it gets a little weird to explain. The guest hosts are all played by Richards. Anyway, Jeff joins me by phone. Jeff, welcome back to the show.
4: Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. Thank you.
3: Did I characterize that okay? It's a, it's you a little did it bit right. Yeah, it's
4: yeah. It's like somehow, somehow they're not. You know, I'm not able to make it to the show, and and so then I get um, one of my celebrity friends, and then it's just basically me doing impressions. You know, so it's like I'll interview. Like I had today, Alec Baldwin uh, episode came out. So I, I interviewed Alec Baldwin as Robert Johnny Jr. and <laughs> then for the video we applied the uh deep fake which I think we might have talked about when I was on here last time.
3: Yeah, we so yeah, like, we did.
4: Yeah. So it's got the deep fake thing to it and so you know, it's 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 just a different kind of reality.
3: Jeff explain um, what the, the deep podcast. explain what the deep fake is.
4: What DeepFake is uh, computer-generated. What they do is they take tons and tons of images of, the, like, say, Rob Johnny Jr., and then they reapply them frame by frame on my face. They, it's like an overlay. So it's my face with his face, but it's really his face, but on my big, fat head. You know, he can only do so much about my head. Uh, so, uh so it just looks like so. All the comments are like, "Well, it looks like Robert Downey Jr. gained some pounds during the quarantine," um, but it's really just me and my normal body. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's like a deep fake, and it's a podcast, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much what we're doing.
3: And and the the guests on the show are playing themselves. They're not doing yeah. impressions, um, you know. Because I, I I was reading through something. Uh, uh, Daryl Hammond um mm-hmm. you know has is a guest mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Daryl, and he could Darryl easily have of- shown up as Bill Clinton
4: right, and he did i mean and his like he was doing he did Bill Clinton a little bit um and, and I want to do him where both of us are deep faked, and I think I'm gonna do that in the future, uh, but it's a little easier for guests to. Kind of play themselves a lot of times, so they kind of prefer that. It's a little less less work.
3: Now, is this all improv?
4: Well, I have questions. I wrote, you know, I put the questions. I got these questions, and then I put them on a board, and and then you know, I go to those questions when I need to. But yeah, a lot of it, most of it's improv.
3: Yeah, and the um, and and the guests that come on the show. Are you are you doing straight interviews, or is it sort of meant to be a little bit silly? It's meant to be
4: silly. It's meant to be, the reality is like, if Willem Dafoe, or, yeah, let's say Willem Dafoe had to interview someone, you know, what would that be like? <laughs> so it's just kind of like, you know, maybe he's not good at it, you know? Maybe he's, and what I did with Willem Dafoe is I took the American Psycho movie his character in that kind of base that <laughs> that around that. So, um, but I've done all I've done a bunch of different ones. I did Louie Anderson and? You guys ready to play the feud? <laughs> it's hot in here. How you doing? It's great to be here. I've never interviewed anyone. You know that <laughs> kind of thing. Oh,
3: that's funny. Um... And then you know. I remember his his bit about going to the beach, and people kept trying to roll him back into the water, yeah yeah <laughs> anyway um uh, so when did this start when did you start posting these?
4: Uh, I think around the beginning of October uh you know it's so like uh, October seventh or something like that
3: and 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 uh-huh. how often do you put them up? Once a week? And is there a particular day and time that they're they're up online? Yeah, and, Thursday
4: and, morning. Yeah, and, Thursday morning. Yeah.
3: Okay, and then how can people find it?
4: It's just go to thejeffrichardsshow dot com um, is the best way, but it's on iTunes, The Jeff Richards Show, iTunes, you know, uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube. The full video with the full deepfake is on YouTube. So, like, thirty minutes or so of deepfake, which is Scott Welsh does the deepfake. He's fantastic, and
3: um, yeah. So now, is this a subscription thing?
4: No, no. It's just it's just out there. Um, just just building it and, and trying to get really good guests, and you know, I'm trying to do the best I can with the impressions and. Um. yeah, so, yeah, it's just out there.
3: But you're not making any money from it? It doesn't have a revenue stream?
4: Uh, Not yet. I mean, we're independent, and we're just seeing where the show will go right now. Um, well, it's a big episode today with Alec Baldwin, so, you know, if, and maybe he uh, shares it or something that could help. But it's just pretty much growing attention around it, just getting better guests, you know, getting a feel for things. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I think hopefully the the money will be in the future. You yeah. know,
3: do you have any idea how long this is going to run? Or it...
4: I don't want to stop doing it. I love the format. I, I love. I thought of this a long time ago, and kind of before I knew about deep faking, and I just wanted to do a show where. I could just do impressions, but I didn't want to be the guest. Because if I'm the guest then the the host would have to do all the work. So you got Alec Baldwin interviewing me, which is kind of like a lot to ask of Alec Baldwin, you know? But um so that's 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 pretty much how it you know, how it how it came about.
3: Now do you think that at at some point, Jeff, you're gonna run out of uh characters to do are they gonna are they gonna come back for
4: yeah, recurring? yeah they're kind of like i look at them as like kind of like reoccurring characters you know like so they can come back and also it is possible i could show up i mean it is my show so i could, <laughs> I, could, I, could I mean that's possible and then i could also do you know that not just impressions but like you know some characters and, and things like that too
3: And I could host. And so, um, how do you, how do you actually do this? Is it like a a a Zoom meeting, or do you sit down face to face with the guests?
4: No, it's a Zoom. Yeah, I think that's what made it possible because you have to do video, and if you have video, you can deepfake it. So that's kind of how it all was like, kind
3: of came out. So you have um, a Zoom meeting. with with the guest and you ask the questions and so on and then when it's all done it gets treated with deep fake and stuff before it before you post it
1: yeah yep
3: so do you have all the the video and audio equipment at home
4: i i don't i don't do uh you know that's what's so great is everybody's in a like Scott Welsh the deep fake guy he's in his place doing the deep fake. my friend Jason Auer, he's doing the video stuff fixing the audio at his place i just record it i just i just do the meeting and and then it's you know almost out of my hands you know
3: well that's, so, a, that's i like a, it that's amazing is it is it expensive for you to do i mean it's got to be a bit of a challenge to keep it going and and keep it consistent
4: I mean, the, you know, I, I mean, Jason and I are, you know, working on this from the beginning, so we have kind of our own arrangement, but Scott, Scott's, um, they can, he gives me a deal on the, on the deep fakes, but they still can, you're doing a lot of them, you're doing one a week, so it, it does kind of add up, but I feel it's important for the show, and it's, I think it's a fun thing, you know, um that you can just kind of lose yourself in it even more, you know. Because a podcast, that works because you don't see either person. So, you know, as long as it sounds like Louis Anderson, you know, then that's good enough. The video, you know, I, it's I don't think it's fun to watch just my normal face doing Robert Downey Jr., but I could be wrong or something, but...
3: Um, no, but I know what you mean. No. The audio, you could get completely lost in that because yeah. the, you know the the vocal impressions are so so good that you know you could actually believe you're listening to Louis Anderson. Um,
4: yes, yeah. yeah. The podcast is one audience, as you know that you know the podcast stuffs one audience, and then the YouTube's one audience. So, I think the first. We had a first couple that didn't have any deep fakes, and we didn't post them. Like, we released five at once, so not all those were deep fakes. Like, two were, uh, or three were, but um, but now we're doing one a week, because now we're posting once a week.
3: And these are, are what, 30-minute uh, programs?
4: Anywhere from, like, 15 to 30.
3: Okay. Yeah. And, um, and, again, people can just check out the Jeff Richards Show and it should yes. take you to what, whatever platform you're most comfortable with. Um, how far do you have to plan these out in advance, and how tough is it to get these uh, you know, guys like Alec Baldwin and, and uh, uh, Daryl Hammond?
4: Um, I don't know. It, it, I guess it just totally depends. I got kind of lucky with Alec Baldwin because I did an impression of him, and he saw it, and we kind of got in touch a little bit and then I just kinda asked him. You know, just figured why not ask him, you know, and he said yes. I was surprised and so that was that worked out pretty good. Other ones, you know, um not so easy to get people, but I think now that I've done a few they people can get an idea what it's like and it's fun and it's you know, um it's just like uh it's kinda like Jiminy Glick a little bit. Remember Jiminy Glick? Yeah. It's like that a little bit. Like, I kind of come at them sometimes, you know, and I try to get them in a corner. That's always been my favorite way to do improv. It's just kind of like, as opposed to, you know, yes and, I like to just just say no and then just see what happens, you know, which isn't always the best idea, but it's, it's kind of fun to get, you know, pushed in that way, I think, as a performer, you know.
3: And then... um who are some of the other people that uh, will be filling in for Jeff Richards as uh host? Well,
4: yeah, so far we've had uh, Jamie Kennedy, Harlan Williams, Bonnie McHarlan, Punky Johnson, uh, Phil Hendry, um, uh, Bob Saget, and Alec Baldwin. And then, oh, Brad Garrett and Ginger Gonzaga, too.
3: We're going to take a short break. We'll have more of our conversation with uh, comedian Jeff Richards after we let our broadcast partners at WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, squeeze in a few words or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with uh, comedian, impressionist, and uh, SNL and Mad TV alum Jeff Richards after uh, after a few messages. Stay tuned.
5: Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
6: Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tom Sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan.
2: The 60s, the marches, the beans, the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. You're thrilled to Society's Child by James Ian. Pleasant Valley Sunday by The Monkees. What Have They Done to the Rain by The Searchers. In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley. Silent Night 7 O'Clock News by Simon and Garfunkel. And who can ever forget this all-time classic? Yes, it's Barry Maguire's Immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War. All for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring Vanilla Fudge, Blue Chair, Frigid Pink will be great. The Electric Prunes, Jeff's Airplane, Lothar in Hand People, to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you'll also get the best of the supergroups, with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream. Cold in protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well, it's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something that will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send three ninety-five and check your money order, plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's three ninety-five and check your money to Apple House Box. Do it today. The Time
0: Program.com.
1: The time Sumner
6: Program.com. This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program.
3: More with comedian impressionist Jeff Richards, straight ahead. But and, who, uh, Louis Anderson. How oh, good. I, I was just going to say, who are some of the uh, uh, people that are filling in for you doing the interviews?
4: Oh, those. Uh, yeah. So I've done, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Louis Anderson, uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, Uh, Hannibal Lecter, Willy Wonka, um, who else? Um, You know, those are the basic ones, blanking on who else I did. But um, those are the major ones. Oh, I did, uh, you know, uh, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad.
3: Do you remember that one? This this reminds me a little bit of... um a show I used to watch with my kids, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh huh. You know what it was, was that about? it it was the cartoon character Space Ghost interviewing live people on a video screen. Oh. Uh, and it was it was really different. Um, it was it was set up like with a Tonight Show format. And then the guests would come on, and this this screen would lower down over the guest's chair, and everything was animated except that little screen, which had the live right. actor in it. It was it right. was kind of ahead of its time, really, when you think about how much people are trying to come up with creative video things to do now.
4: Yeah, it's got that Sesame Street thing too, which is. It sounds like your show had that too, which is. You know it's kind of fun to watch a human being be serious with a puppet and talk seriously to a puppet.
3: There's yeah. something
4: that's like magical about that, you know
3: yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, you had um, Alec Baldwin on this morning., and, uh, yeah. and who's coming up next week?
4: I'm going to have uh, Steph Barkley. He's a really funny, uh, comedian and, um, improviser, and, uh, I'm trying to get more, you know, people that like to do improvisation, um, and then Louie Anderson, he said he'll do it, um, oh, I got Dave Keckner he's gonna do it, um, yeah, so different guys, I mean, just kind of seeing what this Baldwin one thing does, you know, cause he's such a big star, you know, um, see if it opens up the door for other guests,
3: you know. And and that's He's kind of the though. way that works, you know, once they see, well, Alec Baldwin did it, so, you know, why, why shouldn't I?
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's how I pitched it to Chris Kattan. He was a little slippery for a little while. I'm like, come on, man. You know, look, Alec Baldwin did it.
3: <laughs>
5: All right. I'll do it. All right.
3: That's funny. Yeah. Um, so once these things are up, they're just they're up. People can go check them out any time. Right? We can go back and yeah. see older episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: And you've got what five episodes now? We got ten. Really? No, so we got eight. eight.
4: Eight. I mean, eight. Uh, ten in the can. We got two more. Uh, uh, Brad Garrett is interviewed by Hannibal Lecter <laughs> and Ginger Gonzaga, Willy Wonka. But yeah, it's fun.
3: Well this sounds this sounds like uh like big fun and um now did you said you'd been thinking about this for a while it it almost sounds like a project that was born out of covid boredom
4: Yeah it was it pushed along with that for sure because you know like stand up that's the main way I would make a living is now you know a quarter of what it was and you know, I kind of got to take care of. Well, I don't got it, but I do. I like taking care. I take care of my mom, my uncle, and I care give a bit. So I like to stay in town. So this is a great way to just stay in town. That's what I hope. It, um, hope we uh, continue to do well because it's it's just like you know you do it in your apartment. I love it.
3: How has it been received so far, Jeff? What kind of feedback are you I- getting?
4: I think good. I have really good feedback, and especially from the guests. You know, they have a fun time. They, they, they're funny. They enjoy the format. Um, so, and I think people like it too. People like it's a little different. Plus, I'm going so long, you know, like a half hour of doing improv. So it's like a high wire act a little bit. You know, you're <laughs> trying to keep the voice. You're trying to keep the voice. You're trying to think of things to say. You're trying to keep it engaged. You know. So, I think they can feel that when they watch it too.
3: Oh, that's cool that like,
4: you
1: know.
3: that's that's yeah. way cool the um and now have you been kind of monitoring the the clicks and and uh, you know how many people are finding it how do you, how do you even let people know that it's out there?
4: Well, um today we boosted it a little bit on Instagram and Facebook. You know, paying for a little bit for advertising, um, but it's just kind of word of mouth. You know, I post on my on my uh, social media accounts, and um, some of my friends, you know, retweet it and all that, and help out. But it's it's something that I think will just you know, like coming on your show, it's exposure. You know, people finding out about it and checking it out.
3: Well, I know I'm gonna be checking it out because I, I've seen some of the deep fake things that you've done before as as we have talked about. And and this one sounds really fun and I, I am anxious to see who who all you're able to draw in.
4: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Exciting.
3: Well, Jeff, thanks for spending this time with me this morning, and best well, of luck with the show. It sounds like uh, like like it's as fun to do as it is to watch.
4: Yeah, it is. It's really fun. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I appreciate it.
3: All right. Take care and best of luck.
4: Okay. Take care.
3: Bye-bye. That was uh, Jeff Richards. He is... Uh, an alum of both Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. He has a uh, new podcast called The Jeff Richards Show, where he plays a variety of um, celebrities that are filling in for him. Um, it's The Jeff Richards Show, but Jeff Richards is never able to show up, so there's a celebrity person who fills in for him and then interviews people. Um, in his place but the celebrities are all played by Jeff Richards and then he interviews people like Daryl Hammond and uh, Alec Baldwin it it sounds like a lot of fun and it uh, it gets posted Thursday mornings and there's about eight of them already out there all you have to do is go to the Jeff Richards show and that'll uh, take you to where it's at. And apparently, for now, it's just out there. It's uh, There's no subscription or fees or anything. But uh, check it out. Help him get the numbers up. Sounds like it's a fun, uh, fun endeavor, as it were. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> Tom hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, an author. He's been on the show before. He um, does something a little different. He writes uh, uh, novels that uh, pit a democratic president uh, bob jordan um, and uh, republican house speaker mitchell lawrence um, who've known each other for years against the topics of the day let's say and and tries to show how that how people from opposite sides of the aisle can actually work together and uh, we're going to talk about that and more with uh, author martin laurent marty welcome to the show
5: why, thank you very much. Did I characterize that right? Uh, yes, uh, you characterized it very well. I um, th- These two politicians decide uh, early in their career that if they collaborate with one another, it will be to their mutual advantage, and uh, they can do a better job of governing the country. However, um, the rest of the world doesn't change, so their collaboration just meets um, with obstacles, as one might expect. Um, but it's, it's a chance in the books to talk about issues that occur. Uh, that my most recent is um, a hand up and how would you improve an inner city. And if you really worked at it, the, the things that you have to improve while um, substantial issues, the generational to get done, uh, they aren't hard to figure out, um, and so you just have to get about doing them. And the stories are generally follow that line with uh, what I call the status quo. I guess some might call the deep state or whatever, um, but there are substantial forces which uh, like things the way they are and fight hard to keep them that way.
3: You know, when you talk about the deep state, I have... Uh a friend that I talked to from time to time, who worked for a long time in and around the White House, and uh, he says the deep state really consists of a bunch of um, dedicated public servants that make the railroads run on time.
5: <laughs> sure, sure, and um, it is uh, that. It's really why I I chose the status quo. Uh, these are not evil people. They are. Uh, Public servants who are in a job and they are doing the job they w- believe should be done, and when forces move to uh, stop them, well, they're not anxious to stop. They they are doing what they believe to be right, whether successful or not, is the is the real problem. Uh, government goes on and on. If you are an industry and your product or your service. Is not good, you fail. But if you're government, you go on and on. So uh, it's hard for the status quo to self correct. It it is. And uh, am I correct,
3: Marty, that this is your third book?
5: It is the third. Uh, (laughs) I laugh. Uh, My first book is entitled The Third Bounce, um, (laughs) and the second is Pray for Rain, and the third is A Hand Up.
3: Now, Aside from the fact that you might have thought to turn those titles around a little bit, but uh, um, but but they but all three deal with these two characters and their efforts to try to um, find compromise, find solutions that will work for everybody, for both sides
5: of the aisle, right? And often, um, often compromise is the solution. Sometimes it, it really can't be um, you are pro-life or pro-choice. You are for a death penalty or against the death penalty. There, uh, some things, there really is no compromise. Uh, so in those cases, you have to work on framework, that rules are set up so that when we disagree, uh, we can go to the rules and abide by them to find the best path in our disagreement and the first two books deal a lot with um the inability that the constitution was obviously written a long time ago and things have changed we're no longer a little agrarian society we're now a very complex uh large society and things need to change somewhat so uh the In the first two books, there's a Constitutional Convention and five amendments, um, one of which is is very germane to today, and that is uh, conservatives would say the Constitution does not allow social legislation. And yet all of us know that even as a conservative that some social legislation is necessary. So there has to be a way for the legislature to... Uh, create social legislation, and there's an amendment in the book which does that. Uh, The House alone, because it is the body closest to the people, it has elections every two years, and the House, by a supermajority of two-thirds, can say um, society wants a women's health care legislation and pass a notice that does not have to be um, signed by the president or uh, co-authored by the Senate. It's just a notice of intent to legislate, and then legislation can be written. And um, that way, um, the significance of that is you don't need judges uh, at the Supreme Court to... Uh, Either be a strict constitutionalist, or uh, to uh, view the Constitution as needing to live and breathe over time.
3: And does each of the books, uh, Marty, deal with a different
5: societal problem? Yes. Yes. The um, uh, the first um, the third bounce is a is a term that we um, that we used at General Motors when I was uh, a manager there. And um, it is a method if uh, if you can't confront someone directly and get what you want, uh, many times you can go indirectly and set up circumstances that by the third bounce enable you to get what you want. And in the case of the book, The Third Bounce, Uh, that Bounce is a constitutional convention to get these amendments. The second book covers the amendments and also talks about the issue of racism and um, the extent to which um, there is systemic racism, and maybe there will or won't always be, but we have to deal with, with people as they are, and get society so it works. And if somebody's got a quirk or isn't a nice person, well, you know, society's got to go on and deal. So, so that's the under uh, one of the underlying themes of "Pray for Rain." Um, the other one is that the um, president's mother-in-law. Is um, is a lifelong uh, substance abuser, drug addict, alcoholic, and finally is confronted with that issue. So, there there are several issues, several issues in each book, uh, but those are the first two, and then the third one deals with um,
3: urban renewal, for lack of a better.
5: Yeah, rebuilding the yeah rebuilding the city of Baltimore. I picked Baltimore because it's close to um, Washington, D.C. It would be a logical city for um, Washington politicians to take on. And then also, um, they have, uh, in the second book, one of the amendments is term limits. And Mitchell Lawrence, the Speaker of the House, uh, has been in his third term and is going to be term limited out. And he and Jordan decide they are going to run as independents for the presidency and vice presidency, and uh, the status quo just can't allow that. Um, A a two-party system is easy for politicians uh, to deal with. Uh, Three parties is not easy for them to deal with it. So there's a major plot to not allow them um, to form a third party that might be successful.
3: And the title of the book, A Hand Up, reminds me of uh, a slogan I heard once,
5: a hand up, not a hand out. And that's from whence that title comes. But it it seemed to me that always, uh, certainly in government efforts, when we say a hand up, it It's um, a nice thing to say, and what it is is a handout. And this is truly uh, getting with the people. If you're going to change any city, um, Santa Fe where I am, Flint where you are, any place, you have to start by getting the people involved and seeing from them what their issues are and working with them to resolve those issues, make things safe, provide opportunities, provide education. Um, the, the path is fairly clear, but you've got to, it's got to be the path that those people want, not the path that I think they ought to be on.
3: And a lot of times that, that answer is that people want jobs, good-paying, meaningful jobs. And Politicians, as much as they like to say that they're going to create jobs,
5: really can't create jobs. Right. Yeah, that's, um, of all the political lies that you hear, uh, that's the one that every, you know, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, your favorite president, your least favorite president said he created jobs, and he didn't. <laughs> Uh, so you're exactly right, and um, the jobs have to come from within the community. And there's, um, a, I found a a number of things that are going on right now, which would enable a city to uh, recreate itself, make itself a desirable place to be. Um, when you when you think about uh, when we rebuild a city. We try to rebuild what was there, and that isn't what we should do. We should try to build something for the future. So um, uh, one of the things that is here now uh, but uh, not generally accepted is self-driven cars. Um, A new city could have all self-driven cars, wouldn't need parking lots. You wouldn't need your own vehicle. Uh, you have some sort of a card. you swipe, you go get in your uh, get in a car that shows up where you need it and it takes you where you want to go. and um, the your swipe of your card uh, pays for the trip um, into your account. So there any number of things like that that could be done that really change uh, what a place is like, and um would provide all kinds of new opportunities uh, people have to uh, uh do all the software do all of the hardware uh buy the cars you know so there's there's a huge amount of work uh but it's all all the kind of things that generate revenue and make it possible for a city to recreate itself
3: you know, Marty, you've got these these two characters um, working from opposite sides of the uh, political aisle to try and come up with meaningful change. And that's, that's uh, an interesting relationship between those two men. Um, but then when you start getting into these different social challenges, what kind of research do you have to do? I mean, you can't just say well, you know, urban decay is bad, we should, you know, try to
5: address that, then what? Well, um, there is um, there's a lot of research to do in uh, the kinds of things that are available, the kinds of, um, I looked a lot into uh, HUD, for instance, and what has been done and monies that have been spent and how HUD adjusts its programs to make the next one more successful than the last one. And despite all that, HUD has existed since the mid 60s and here we are uh, 55 years later and um, nothing has really changed. Uh, So then I, I went about the other direction and started just listing what kinds of things are necessary for a community to be successful. And um, opportunity was the one you mentioned first, and uh, that's probably the first one. Uh, but also safety and education.
3: More with author Marty Laurent. About his book, A Hand Up Now. Hello there,
0: citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out.
6: alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila!
5: Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself.
6: Dot go. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.
5: In the interest of goodwill, the Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange. It's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with
2: happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it
0: happy? Well, let me ask you. Could you be happy?
4: If
5: your name this is US, U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with author
3: Marty Lawrence, straight ahead.
5: So those three things, um, you know, you can spend a million dollars or a billion dollars in a community. And if you don't have opportunity at the end, and you don't have safety and you don't have education, it won't be successful. Um, So you have to do those three things, and uh, certainly, you know, there are all kinds of issues that stand in the way, but that's what you have to address.
3: But people people would say that it's a little like priming a pump. You have to put some money in to, to generate, you know, some activity, and then it, you know, starts to take care of itself. But we've seen program after program you know dump dump trucks full of cash into uh, communities and with very little result
5: okay um the um, the way that I chose to address that is that um, it, it you might be willing to spend a lot of money on me to improve me but For me to improve, I have to uh, have a stake in it. I I have to get some of the benefit of my improvement, and I have to put something into it as well. Um, There is a character that was introduced in the second book, uh, who is a movie star, um, and he and his wife, who his wife is a producer. Uh, they move to Baltimore. They invest their own money. Uh, there's also some government money invested. And they start, um, as a movie producer, she has many people that she can call on as investors, so she starts gathering those. But they go around to the people who are in the community and um, start to get them involved. And a part of their involvement is for each year that they have lived in the community, they get a number of shares of stock in the development. So as the um, if you are at all familiar with the city of Baltimore, there's a, a place called the Inner Harbor, and it's gorgeous, and it, the real estate is extraordinarily expensive. And a few hundred yards away, the the real estate is almost free. Um, So this project has the ability to generate a huge sum of money. And by giving the people who are there stock, uh, they can share in the growth. They can make money as well as. End up safer. End up with opportunities, and so forth.
3: Marty, who who's your audience for these books? What kind of feedback are you getting? And the reason that I ask that is because it seems a little policy wonky for the general
5: reader. Um, I it is that is the biggest issue with these books. That they're a fun read. They're uh, they are not policy wonky kind of books um this particular book um the feedback that i've gotten uh people read it in two or three days they can't put it down because of the the uh plot to either assassinate or remove the president and the speaker of the house and so it's a political thriller in that regard um but the underlying facts are um, things that are um, interesting to think about and read about. Um, so it's it's a chance to um, explore policy kind of things as a backdrop to a fun story. Ah, and <clears throat> is this a series that's going to
3: continue?
5: Um well the book that I'm writing currently I got a lot of feedback on the second one that uh people were curious about what would a constitutional convention really look like and and how would that unfold and um I had trouble with that initially I I couldn't think of a story that would make a constitutional convention interesting and uh, so I, I have developed a couple of characters and i'm that's what i'm working on now because these things uh, they're novels they have to be a story they have to be interesting to a reader and um, if there's a real message in there as well that's nice um but um it that's the um I have a message that I want to get out, uh, but the my method is, is in novels, is in fiction, as opposed to, um, um, there's a book by Mark Levin, uh, The Liberty Amendments, and it's an extraordinary book, and it was a very big seller, but to a very small audience, and only to a conservative audience. Um, i hit both democrats and republicans Um, many have told me that they cannot tell from the book which side i favor which is good um so i'm writing stories that are enjoyable to read and have a message as well
3: well marty that's uh, that's the way it should be and i I want to thank you for spending this time with me this morning. And as you know, I always let uh, listeners, I always want the guests to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website?
5: I do have a website. It is uh, my name, Marty Laurent, M A R T Y L A U R E N T dot com. And um, all three books are there um, and a little description. And, but um, if you buy them there as opposed to uh, they're also available at Amazon in both book and Kindle version. But if you buy them at my website and buy two or three, there's a substantial discount. And uh, people re- comment that um uh, particularly this last book it is um as i say it's a book that's hard to put down and, uh, an interesting thriller type of a story that also talks about um what a future city might look like
3: Well Marty thanks so much for spending this time with me and best of luck with this book and uh, and with the next one
5: Well I thank you very much and i i appreciate the opportunity Take care uh, as author Marty Laurent, the name of the
3: book is A Hand Up. Every we'll have more state of the has Constantin something
0: its ahead. Rotary Club can boast of Some product that the state produces the most of Rhode Island is a little but oh my Come from Georgia And lobsters Come from Maine The wheat fields Are the sweet fields Of Nebraska And Kansas Gets bonanzas It gives us clues. So do
3: that dial, you're listening to Tom Sumner.